We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the VMMLB show. I am your host, Tim Petropolis, here with the big boss man himself, as always, Nick DeVito. What's good, boss? What's going on, Tim? Tim, you need to drop a yay yay. So I'm going to throw it back to you. And this time you got to, you know, kind of reopen, but not reopen with a yay yay. So, Tim, what's good, Tim? Yay yay. You already know, man. I'm trying to, <laughs> I, I'm in full force. Like, baseball mode is on. Uh, the new season has begun. It is official. We haven't talked to you guys in a little bit. We're happy to be back. A few things have happened in, uh, since then. So, today, what we have on deck for you is some news updates, the things you need to know. Then we're going to do overreactions, kind of like that uh, week one NFL overreactions where everyone overreacts to something that's going crazy. Well, we're two weeks into the MLB season, and it's time for mine and boss's overreactions. Boss, are you ready? Let's do it, baby. I'm always ready for some baseball talk. Let's get it started. The VM MLB show begins now. I got it. 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 So, boss, what was what's been your favorite memory so far? Like it in uh in the two in the two thousand and nineteen MLB season, what's the thing that stands out to you when you think about the MLB right now? And th- so far, I think just like since the last time we talked baseball, right? We gave our preview, so just like opening day, like I was so ecstatic, and I, uh, I don't know if I've said it on this show, but I've told you several times that fantasy baseball is easily my favorite fantasy sport. So just following my team really my team did well i got an 11-5 victory for those who play yahoo so that was a significant start to my season um but yeah so just like opening day you know i went to the ballpark yesterday to a met game so that was fun i'm not a met fan but you know sunday baseball sunday fun day you know why not um i, I just i don't know baseball is my favorite sport so 
if you name it, Tim, it's a good memory to start the year for me. How about yourself? Man, I'm going to talk about, a little about it, but Pete Alonzo, he hit a shot. Let me tell you something. This ball was a slider on the outside corner, low and away, and he took that thing to dead center field on a laser beam. Seeing stuff like that, Mike Clevenger um, dominating has been really good. Josh Hader's one, two, three inning with only nine pitches uh, sticks out. Right, the immaculate inning. Yeah, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of things that stick out so far uh, this year. That has been it's been a great year so far. Let's let's hope it continues. I like that they started the year earlier to get the guys a little more rest to get baseball players a little more rest. I like it a lot. Maybe the postseason can start a little earlier so it's not in the cold uh, in the future, but. Uh, I, I like the way it's going so far. Uh, you want to get these news updates? Yeah, Jorge Polanco also had a cycle already, so we got our first cycle out of the way. Yeah, there you go. Of the twins. So, yeah, so a lot of good stuff so far, Leon. Let's let's do it. So, Chris, let's, our first news item is Chris Davis. Man, Chris Davis, you can't really say anything except he sucks. Has not gotten a hit since the 14th of September of last year. He is in the midst of a – oh, he's year, in year four of a seven-year – $160 million deal. Boss, what the hell is going on with Chris Davis? He sucks. He sucks. Yeah. And this is CH Chris Davis, right? This is the, the Orioles Chris Davis. Not to yes. get them mixed up. No, definitely don't. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's – I mean, in his years prior, right, he got busted for Adderall um, a, little, a couple years ago. And, it's like, since then, he's kind of just been shit. And when he was a free agent a couple years – like, four years ago – that was just when the Orioles window had opened up and he was their first big free agent of that team. Like Zach Britton, Machado scope, like those teams that were competing with JJ Hardy there, they had a good team and Matt Wieters was on that team. Right. So they had, like I said, they were competing. I think they were in the playoffs a couple of years and he was a, a force in that middle of the lineup popping out like 40 to 50 home runs a year. But um, I don't know. He signed that deal. Okay. In the first year, and then it's just been shit since. And it's, they're, like, in a shitty situation now because if you – I mean, they're the Orioles, so they're going to be one of the worst teams in baseball. But if you want to win games, do you run him out there? No, because he's not helping you. He hasn't had a hit all year, like you said, since last September. So what good is it running him out there? If you don't run him out there, you're fucking paying him a shit ton of money to sit on the pine. Your highest paid player is going to be fucking laid up on the bench for who God knows how long. So – it's just a shitty situation, and like you said at the jump, he just sucks. He's like a Greek statue, like an ancient Greek statue. It's meant to, like, convey the glory years and show the power and the adonisness of him, and then all of a sudden he's, like, missing his arms yeah. in his current form. It's just, <laughs> you know, I don't know what you, – you bring up the point about Adderall, and it, it is something to be said about that because – Chris Davis was a top prospect with the with the Rangers, and he never really panned out. And then he got traded to the Orioles, and that's when he kind of t- his career took the next step. And you wonder how much that had to do with Adderall and what Adderall does for your focus and what it does for you. You're able to your ability to see pitches and all that shit. So I think it all has to do with something. But right now, look, if the Orioles and right now they're in full tank mode, right? Right. So if they're trying, like they have to think, like you know how the Yankees will pay top dollar for Giancarlo Stanton because he helps them win. Right. Like, sometimes we got to pay for losses, bro. That's it. This is <laughs> this guy is the anti-free agent. He's the, the highest of the if, – if everything was inverted, he'd be the highest free agent in the league because he, he helps losses like no one else. That's, like, one positive way to spin it for Orioles fans. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, 
Speaking of extensions, uh, since we last met, we've had a lot of extensions. Now, we know the Sale extension. We know the Arenado extension. We know the Trout extension. Those we actually talked about. But since then, Acuna, DeGrom, Xander Bogarts, Herman Marquez have all had have all taken big, de- big long-term deals from their teams that avoid free agency at the end of the season. Why do you think do you think this is a trend that's going to continue in baseball? And do you think it has to do with the fact that the last two off seasons have not been kind to free agents? Yeah, well, Acuna and Marquez took deals to avoid arbitration. So they took what is like perceived to be a cheaper deal because they'll be getting paid far less than they're worth in their prime years um, just for like free agency at age 30. So Especially that's that. the Acuna deal, man. That one sticks out. Eight years, one hundred million dollars for a guy that is already can be considered considered a superstar. That's a team friendly deal. But then you got the Degrom deal, which looks a little better. The Bogarts deal, which is fair to both parties. Again, Marquez yeah. kind of in the same boat as Acuna. They got him on a really low price. They're they're kind of doing. You saw it with Max Kepler in the offseason. A bunch of guys, Severino, teams, Nola, like all those guys. Yeah, their teams are locking them up at lower than market value for longer-term solutions, and it seems like the players are settling for less money in ter- in order to get a long-term deal in their original place instead of going for that free agency. And it's it's different because free agency used to be something that's sought after, and since the last couple of off-seasons have been a little slow in, sort of in, in terms of that, you still see Kimbrell and Dallas Keuchel are still on the market right now. They're not on a team. So it, it's... It makes sense for both parties, but when you have a deal like Okuna's, I just feel like that's so lopsided to the Braves. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I, I've you know I've been thinking about that too, but I I was I forgot who I was listening to. It might have been a Rod or someone. Someone said you know it's tough to say no to your first like you know big payday. So yeah, I feel him. He's what like twenty years old. Oh, uh, 22. He's 22. And he's from Venezuela. He wasn't a big prospect in Venezuela. Like, he, this guy this guy came out of nowhere. He earned his stripes. Yeah, if someone throws you, says, here's eight years, $100 million, and you could be a free agent at the end of the contract by your arbitration years, you know, you have security. Uh, it's hard to say no at 22 years old when someone's throwing that figure in front of you. So I understand that. But next year, like you said, next year's free agent class definitely takes a hit. And DeGrom is signed, right? I'm sure you're happy about that. We haven't talked about that. Chris Sale is signed. Uh, he was a pending free agent next year. And Nolan Arenado. So, like, th- that was, like, the class of the free agent um, group next year. And and now it's kind of all gone to watch because they probably saw what happened, right? Like, Matty Machado, like you said, didn't get signed till after spring training started, and as well as Bryce. So, these guys probably worry about hitting the market and not getting a good deal. So, you know what? Good for them for getting their money. And then the other players, the young guys like Herman Marquez and Acuna, and Severino and Ola, like we mentioned a couple weeks ago, uh, yeah, they just bought their arbitration years, and they're just taking less money to become free agents uh, faster. Yeah, I mean, speaking on the Grom deal, like you said, I love it. I think it's a great deal for both sides. Jacob DeGrom, if you haven't been paying attention, uh, is right in his Cy Young form yet again. Oh, he's uh, beasting. Completely unhittable. It's it's kind of ridiculous how unhittable this guy is. Um, so I think a great deal for the Mets, who uh, even though Zach Wheeler got shelled yesterday, uh, have now a foursome that if you think about, all right, they're going to have to re-sign. Wheeler's a free agent after this year, and unless he has a monster season, it's, it's he's probably going to walk. So now you got to re-sign Syndergaard. you got to re-sign Mats. Uh, with, with, the ability, with getting DeGrom on a, uh, an expensive deal, but one that's also not like 
out of the park outrageous for like for the best pitcher in baseball. I think that's a good deal for the franchise and the player. So uh, I think it's a win-win there. Yeah. But moving think, on from yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I was just saying, I think it was just perfect for Degrom. Um, and I just want to touch on the Mets quick since we're here. Like Mats is working the outside of the plate now instead of just like going in and in. And he's just been like he was a force against the Nats the other day. So. I mean, shit. If even if you even if Wheeler does walk, like you suggested was possible, if you have those three as spearheading your rotation, you're kind of chilling. Yeah, I agree. If uh, they stay healthy, that's the big key. Uh, to speak, man. What happened? I think the injury bug like went over to the Bronx. Like it took the it took the seven to the six, yeah. and just and just kind of transferred over there to to you guys. Yeah. Yankees not looking so hot right now in terms of the injuries. The bug just, is bitten big time, dude. I just I just I'm knocking on wood right now. Like I, I can't. I, I, if I'm the reason why this all gets jinxed, I'm gonna. I, I might legit like go throw myself off a, into a building. All right, um, <laughs> let's go on the field. Josh Hader has started the year off completely scorching. Uh, he is in seven and two thirds innings pitched so far. He has 13 Ks, five saves. He has not allowed a run. He's only allowed one hit. Um, his most recent outing, he went two and two thirds and absolutely shut the door on the Cubs to shut down any chance of them coming back in that game. Two of his five saves are in the multiple inning form. Now, as a person who watched the Mets very closely last year in their 11 and one start, one of the reasons why I kind of anticipated that start not being able to be maintained was because the uh, Mickey Calloway, a rookie, a rookie manager, was umpire and I, I mean coaching the bull coaching the bullpen as if it's September <laughs> and he was using his closers for more than one inning and he was using his setup man in every game and he would have closers pitching in non-say situations and he would have his his uh his best players out every single day with no rest and he really just burnt everyone out do you think that this is that's what's gonna happen with Josh Hader, or are you just like, yo, let him rip? He's a he's a beast. Nah, I don't think so. That was me clapping earlier, by the way. If you heard that, you know, because he's on my fantasy team, you know, I was like, I gotta give it up for him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, big first week. Yeah, he already has like five saves, but no, nah, I think he'll be all right because I know Craig Council like last year when he his like real come up and emergence, his breakout, you could say, was he was that guy, right? He was throwing multiple innings and stuff like that. Like he wasn't. They had an unfortunate cir- circumstance where Corey Knable went down with an injury and Jeff Jeffers went down with an injury. So they're kind of stuck with um, what's it, Josh Hader. I'm Hader. sorry. My bad. Whoa. Okay. Josh Hader um, closing games for them. And since he already has that in his arsenal of throwing a couple innings, why not throw him later in the game, but use him, you know, the same way in in a sort. So, no, I think he'll be fine. I think I think he'll be good to go. I look at the Reds. I know they're throwing uh, Hasael Iglesias, who's their closer. He went, like, two and a third yesterday and wound up giving up the winning run. Like, yeah, of course. Like, why are you throwing your closer out for third inning? That guy's used to one inning. I think every outing uh, appearance he's made so far, he's gone, like, one and a third or – like yesterday was two and a third. It's kind of ridiculous. Like that guy should not be throwing more than one inning. And I hate when, when managers uh, bring their guy in and then let him sit on the bench and send him back out there. So like, that's, that's rough on particularly closers like Iglesias, but hater, I think hater is good. Cause he's used to that, you know, from last year. So no, nah, I don't think he'll burn out. As of right now, we have some surprising division winners in the AL. Uh, division leaders, excuse me. In the National League, it's, you know, the expected people are at the top of their div- divisions already. Um, it's the Dodgers, 
the um the Brewers, and I think it's the the Braves in the East, if I'm not mistaken, with the Mets in second place after their loss yesterday. So, you know, you got people there that you expect. In the AL now, in the East, it's Tampa Bay. In the Central, it's Detroit. And in the West, it's Seattle. If you had to pick one of these teams that could still be there at the end of the season, who do you think it would be? Bro, I'm telling you. I told you in the preview, Tampa Bay is making the playoffs. Uh, I don't see them winning the division, so I'm not going to get that crazy because I still think once the Yanks get healthy, it's theirs to lose if they ever do get healthy. Yeah, but, yo, the Tampa Bay rotation of Archer, uh, Glasnow, and Morton is freaking solid. I mean, Archer. I said Archer. Blake Snell. Jesus. Um, <laughs> those three have been solid. I know Snell got shelled his first time out, but since then, he was going today. He was pitching well against the White Sox, and the last time out, he was really good. Um, and I don't think Glasnow has given up an earned run yet this season, so – they're solid, and their bullpen's been good. I don't know if you've seen Alvarado on, like, tweets and stuff of his movement of his fastballs, bananas. He's closing out games for them now. Um, so they're just, like, re- really well-rounded. They're getting contributions offensively from, like, Jimon Choi, who I didn't really see that coming. Kevin Kiermaier's hitting 300 in the young season. He doesn't usually hit. He's a defensive stalwart. Um, and guys like Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham's in 270, but hasn't, provide, hasn't hit a home run yet. So I think they're, like, they're set. I think they're really good, and I, I really do see them coming home with a wild card. Um, I don't see them, like I said, not winning the division, but of those three AL teams that are in first right now, I see them making the playoffs more than the other two. You see, I agree with you that the Rays are the best team of the bunch, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go Detroit because y'all look, Detroit's got a bunch of young guys and no one's going to, no one's going to flash you except Miguel Cabrera, but and Castellanos, isn't he Greek? Sure, sure. Next Castellanos. No, no, no. He's not Greek. I checked. Oh, damn. <laughs> Nick Castellanos is a good player. They got good. They got some good solid guys over there. But no one, no one's, no one's gonna woo you. They obviously don't have the best uh, roster in the division. The problem is that that division sucks. And yeah. you've already seen holes with the Indians. You've seen holes in every single one of the teams because the rest of the teams in that division blow. If if the Indians can't get their shit together all the way, and they struggle, and their bullpen is a reason why they struggle, why can't Detroit win the division with 81-82 wins? So I'm going to go with Detroit, even though I think Tampa Bay is the best team of these three, and I, I don't think it's close. Don't sleep on my Twinkies, Tim. I'm telling you. That yeah, was also yeah. my division pick early. You're right. You're right. You're right. The Twins, the Twins have a chance. But still, they have a lot of holes. They have a lot of holes. A lot of holes everywhere for these teams. Um Mike Clevenger left his start with lower back tightness, supposed to make his next start. So the Tribe dodged a bullet on that one. Um, last thing before we go, how do you feel about pimp jobs uh, as you put them? Because, look, uh, watching the Mets come back on Saturday, Cano hit a game-winning home run. and it's and Game-tying home run. The tying game, home run. Yeah, uh, the back-to-back home run. And he kind of didn't – he pimped it out, but he didn't flip the bat. But you've seen bat flips – uh, go crazy. One that sticks out is Bryce Harper's bat flip uh, in his return to Washington. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yesterday, Dietrich hit a b- bomb against the Reds. He he pimped that out. He watched against the it Pirates. For, uh, the Pirates. He's on Four the Reds, Reds. against yeah. the Pirates. He pimped that out. He really watched that go. That caused bullpens uh, and, and the dugouts to empty. Yasiel Puig looked like he wanted to kill somebody. Uh, what's your general stance on bat flips and all that? I've caught, I, you know, I used to hate it. I'm not going to lie. Like three, four years ago when Jose Batista like bought it out. I feel like he's the OG of the bat flip. I hated it then. Uh, that might've just been because they were in the Yankees division and I kind of hated how they were succeeding and whatnot, but I've warmed up to it. I mean, like, you know, if you're going to hit a home run, 
I know that the expression is act like you've been there before, but yeah, you know, it's, it's for people, for the casual fan who say baseball is boring. The home run is probably the most exciting thing about uh, most exciting play that can happen in baseball. So why not add more flash to it? Like, you know what, if he hits, if he takes you deep, it's his moment, you know, let him bat flip you, whatever, you know, you made a bad pitch and he crushed it. Well, like <laughs> you should be mad at yourself for that. So I don't have a problem with it personally. I think like Ron and Keith, I know you're talking about the Cano home run. They were like super emphatic about, yeah, like take notes. You saw how he hit the game tying home run in a big situation. Just dropped his bat and ran to first. All right, like whatever. But, you know, do whatever you want. Man. If you want to pimp it, pimp it. If not, do as you please. I, I don't have a problem with it. Clearly Chris Archer does because he threw behind. Uh, what's his name? What was his name? Uh, Derek Dietrich. Turned through behind Dietrich uh, yesterday. So, whatever. Pitchers will always be mad about bad pitches. I, I like bad flips, but there there are certain situations. Like, I feel like Dietrich deserved to get plunked yesterday. Like, I like bad flips, but I also am a fan of hitting someone to to prove a point. I'm and I know cool there's a lot of people who are like, oh, blah, 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 oh, oh, how cool, oh, how cool is it? Oh, you're gonna, you're gonna, um, what, what's, what, what does Nick always say? What does he always like, say? Like cause injury, like you're gonna risk like an yeah, injury. and you're gonna, oh, you're gonna hate someone for doing his job. Yeah, yeah. Look, if someone pimps out a home run like he did in a game that not for nothing that wasn't a that important home run, like it was important, but yo, the Bryce Harper home run was a home run in an important spot in the game where he was returning to, to Washington, where they booed the fucking shit out of him. He wanted some payback, so he flipped his bat, and I'm glad they didn't respond. But, yo, if you flip your bat like that, and, yo, do it, but expect to get plunked in the ass. Don't be starting fights because you get hit after you flip your bat. Yeah, damn right you got hit. Damn fucking right. And, look, if you can't handle the heat, don't step in the kitchen. That's what I say. I, I'm a fan of bat flips, of beans. Now, of course... Shouldn't hit anyone in the head. Nah. But besides that, dude, I've been hit with a baseball, all right, many times in my life. Uh, one time by a 90-mile-per-hour fastball. It, look, it wasn't fun. It leaves a mark. But it's not going to hurt a dude if you don't hit a guy in the head. It's just not going to. He's not going to miss any time. It's a way to even the odds in baseball. It's a, it's part of the game. That's just how it is. Uh, same thing with the bat flips. I agree with you. I mean, like, that's the unwritten rule of baseball. Like, if you show someone up, you're going to get drilled, and that's just – how it is? I'm sure, like I know, like I have, or I've seen it happen, where if you're being a jackass about anything, really, like if you had a fucking huge double and you're going crazy on second base, like expect one up and in or something next to that bat, you know? Like if you're gonna show me up, I'm gonna make sure that doesn't happen again, or I know you showed me up, so I'm gonna get back at you now. Like that's just the unwritten rules of baseball. That's why, I mean, that's why I love baseball. <laughs> that's why I think it's so great. Like you gotta have those that that stuff. Like Archer throwing at him, I don't have a problem with that either. I don't have a problem with the bat flip or throwing at him. Like, that's that's the game, baby. That's that's baseball. Agreed. Uh, speaking of baseball, look, it's been about two weeks since opening day, March 26th. It's now April 8th when we record this. Uh, 4.56 p.m. Eastern time, if you were wondering. And so we have some overreactions, right? It's only natural for people to think that just because right now the that your teams are winning or your teams are losing or they can't seem to get one thing right, that this is going to happen forever. Relax. It's a long season. But what's the fun in that? 
Let's overreact. Boys. We gotta bring it. We gotta bring the overreactions. We gotta panic. We gotta go crazy. We gotta say ups. We gotta say downs. We gotta make some crazy statements. So I'm gonna let you start with your first crazy statement, Nick. What is your first overreaction? All right. So I think, and I think this is being first of all, I think this is not being talked about enough. Is Whit Merrifield of the Kansas City Royals has a 28 game hit streak, right? Um, he's hitting like 330 to start the year. He's the leadoff hitter and like the heart and soul of that lineup, pretty much coming out of leadoff hole. He'll run. He does it all offensively, right? And defensively, too, at second base. This dude has a 28-game hit streak. I don't see it anywhere because it's a carryover hit streak from last year. Um, so there's that. That's a little, you know, quirk, I guess, of that. But I think he has a legitimate shot to get close to 56. This dude is a contact hitter. He doesn't strike out often. Always putting the ball in play. Like I said, he's been hot to start the year. So, in a team where where he hits leadoff and he has, you know, Mondesi behind him, who was a top prospect and got off to a really hot start. Uh, the first couple games kind of cooled off now. And, like, Jorge Soler behind him, Alex Gordon. Not the best of bats, but enough to, like, threaten you to throw strikes to this guy, Merrifield. Because if you walk him, you know he's going to take second. So, he's going to see a ton of strikes. And I think he, he has a legitimate shot. To push 56. Now, this can all be over tonight, like, for all we know. But I'm sticking with it. That's my hot take slash overreaction. That's my first one I'm going to give you because I really think this dude is one of the best hitters in baseball. Yo, just in general, how how would you feel if he beats the 56-game hitting streak within uh, two seasons? I'd kind of I'd, – I'd, I'd be, like, perplexed. I'd be, I'd be, I don't know. I'd kind of find it crazy because I think that's one of the untouchables. Like, Cal Ripken. The game, uh, the you know, consecutive games played. Does he I, does he go down in history as the the all time hit streak leader? Who wit? If wit, if he does it between two seasons, or you think there's an asterisk? Oh, no, nah, no, nah, you got it, you got it, you got it. That, I that, don't know, that, man. I don't I, know. You disagree? Yeah. It's not the same, man. Single season is different. Why, that's why I don't think it's being talked about enough. Like, I, yeah, because like, like, you know, you see it that way. I don't see it that way. Hmm. I feel where you're coming from. But I think it's just as hard to pick up in in March, like this year, you know, in the cold weather. He plays in Kansas City. They were playing in Detroit the other day. So to get hits from the coldness of the end of September to the coldness of March, it's no easy task. That's true. All right. Well, forget about hitting streaks. You know what I want to talk about? I want to talk about home run streaks. Because my overreaction, my first one, is Christian Yelich is the best player in the NL don't at me. That's right. Take that, Bryce Harper. Take that, Manny Machado. Take that, Nolan Arenado. Take that, even Jacob DeGrom. I'm going to tell you right now, Christian Yelich is the best player in the NL. He won the MVP last season after being completely hot and leading his team into the playoffs, right? What do you do to follow up that campaign? Well, you only hit four home runs in each of your first five games. He's reached base in half of his games and half of his at-bats, excuse me. This dude is completely on fire. The Brewers are right back in the top, and he's one of the reasons why. On top of that, he flashed the leather all the time. He's He is a complete five-tool player. Look, there's a lot of good players out there right now, but no one gives you every single thing the way Christian Yelich can. At only 24 years old, I am saying this right now, Christian Yelich not only is going to be the best player in the NL, but already is the best player in the NL. And on top of that, the Brewers might win the World Series because of this dude. That's how good he is. 
He's a transcendent talent. I think he's one of the more underrated players that we have in our league, despite winning the MVP. No one talks about him repeating. No one talks about him being in the top of the NL again. And here he is just continuing to smash, smash, smash. Look, I don't make no secret. I'm a Mets fan. And you know how it goes with regional games. I watch more Mets and I watch more NL East than I do everything else. And I watch Christian Yelich grow from a young kid until he is right now. And I'm going to tell you one thing. This was clear three years ago that Christian Yelich would be this guy. And now he's, he is this guy. It's great to see, especially the fact that he's out of the NL East. It's really great to see it happening <laughs> now. Uh, so Christian Yelich, the best player in the National League. Nice. Yeah, he's a beast. I mean, his hot start to the campaign. And he hits like in a hitter-friendly ballpark in Miller Park. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's that crazy. But, I mean, you know, the jury's still out. Not the jury's still out on him as a baseball player because he's a top talent, but Best in the NL for sure. Like Arenado, I like. I love me some Nolan Arenado. So it's tough. I mean, did anyone think he'd come out hot after that ML, uh, MVP campaign? No, but he's proven it was no fluke. So hey, I'm all for it. Uh, boss, what's your second overreaction? Um, I think the Red Sox are worthy of that two and eight record. Oh, I don't think they're. I don't think they're they're not a good team right now. Oh, um, y- Yankee fan, yo guys, 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 don't yo, don't worry, yes, the Yankee fans. Is, don't worry. All can, the people in Boston who are having a heart attacks right now, don't worry, the Yankee fans. Yankee you fan. can preface that with this, <laughs> sure, sure. Um, but yeah, they lost three out of four to Seattle, right? They put up some runs, but their pitching got shelled. Chris Sale got shelled. Porcello got shelled. Everyone got shelled that series. Price, you name it, they got shelled. Then they open up with a four-game set with Oakland. They didn't score the first two games. Then they still lost three out of four. So that's three out of four to uh, two AL West teams. Then they go to Arizona and lose three out of four. I mean, two out of three. I'm sorry. So they're off to a miserable start. Uh, Really couldn't get worse for them. Their pitching has been brutal. Um, They brought back Nathan Avaldi, who has, you know, for his career, he's He's always been hyped up um, when he, you know, he started in Los Angeles, the Dodgers, uh, Miami Marlins, the Yankees, the Red Sox. Well, he went to the Red Sox uh, last year at the deadline, but there was always some hype about him. And he kind of never lived up to it to last postseason. And you go to this year, he's injury free, right? He's ready to go and he's off to a not so good start. So they brought him back thinking he'd fill in for Pomerantz, who they let go. Uh, he hasn't, uh, so yeah, he hasn't been good. Eduardo Rodriguez has been okay. Uh, yeah, I just don't think they're good. Their bullpen hasn't been tested yet for the most part. So the jury's still out on that, right? And that was supposed to be their biggest weakness of the team. So we haven't really seen them aside from yesterday when they won a one nothing game in a tight situation. So I just don't think they're that good of a team. We see Chris Sale's velocity has dropped. Are you concerned about that? Long term, or are you are you kind of saying, hey, look, he his velocity dropped at the end of last year, and then when it came playoff time, his velocity was right back to where it was supposed to be against the Yankees. You saw that firsthand. Um, do you think that he's just like kind of saving himself for the long term to last the full season, or do you think this is the Chris Sale we're going to see for the rest of the season? No, I think it's just like you know they shut him down. I think he only had that velocity back because he was shut down for what the last month and change. So he was fresh for the playoffs, whereas he, he's just like, I mean, you see how he's built, right? What is he, like 6'3"? He looks like 160 pounds soaking wet. 
So his body type just it's tough to last for a guy who throws as hard as he does when he's right, which is about 98, 97. So I don't know. He might. I'm sure, as he always has, he usually winds up on the DL at the, toward the end of the year for shoulder issues or his arm is tired, tired arm. So I, unless he's reinventing himself, which you know some pitchers tend to do, like CC Sabathia, but that he's not in that stage of his career, right? He's in his prime. So uh, with the contract they just gave him, I'd be surprised if he's reinventing himself. So I think it's just could be him just prepping himself, you know, not giving it his all in, in hopes of lasting a full season. You said the Red Sox. I'm going to go with another one of these historic franchises, this time over in that NL. Guys, I'm sorry, Chicago Cubs fans. It took 100 years, 110 years, 116 years to, <laughs> to win a, a Super Bowl. I mean, a Super Bowl, a World Series. Uh, I'm afraid you might have to hold on for another few more years because my overreaction is the Cubs championship window is about to close. Damn. Look, they've started – Really bad, two and seven, and yeah, it's it's easy to look at a record and say they started bad, so they're going to be bad. But they could turn that around with a two week winning streak. Like it's not it's not like this is an uns- insurmountable loss total. I'm more worried about their pitching staff, and their pitching staff has the worst ERA in baseball right now, seven point five one. A lot of that has to do with you, Darvish, who walks seven in two and two thirds in his return. He only lasted four innings in an L to the Braves in his last one. Now, he is coming off a major surgery, but you have to wonder if he'll ever be the same guy he is again. Uh, Carl Edwards Jr., one of the guys they were depending on the back of that pen, he got sent down to the minors. He was supposed to be a key piece. He's trying to figure it out down there. And all of this pitching woes is happening while the offense is actually hot. The team has scored double-digit runs in half of its games. Four out of nine of their games, they scored double-digit runs. The only problem is they're two and two in games where they score double digits. When the core, when the Cubs don't score at least ten runs, they're zero and five. That's how bad their pitching has been. And look, as their lineup is still producing, and they still have guys like Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant. Jason Hayward had a big game yesterday. Um, they have a lot of guys that can mash. So I, I'm not. I'm not Javier Baez, who was in the NL MVP race, of course. Like, these guys can play, so I think they will hit. But I don't see much looking up for the pitching staff. Jose Quintana looks like he's a shell of himself. John Lester doesn't look as good. Look. I'm sorry. Look. All right, hold on. Reset. Joe Madden as well. I think one thing that is super duper important. He's a lame duck. He doesn't have a contract past this season. And I think you saw this happen with him with the Rays. It got sour. People stopped dealing with his, you know, I'm a hipster, 60-year-old type bullshit. (laughs) And, like, sometimes his new age thinking gets old real quick. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think that this that has the ability to fuck with a team and it has the ability to fuck with the manager. Look, Joe Madden's used to being – Mr. Positive, he's supposed to be the Zen guy. He was calling the dugout saying, I'm fucking sick of this shit about his bullpen the other day. Like, look, you gotta you gotta say something's wrong in Cubland. And I think it starts with the manager. I think it ends with the pitching. And no matter how good their lineup is, it's gonna be hard to overcome those two things. So I think that the the championship window is about to close for these cubbies. Damn, yeah. I love I love that lineup. Like you said, by it. It's tough to not like that lineup, honestly. But 
their rotation, like you said, it's stacked with veterans who are just not getting it done. Also, we can add Cole Hamels to that mix who got shelled in uh, Texas. So, in his return start, right, you think like, oh, revenge game possible. You know, he's going to want to come out and give it to him. But, nah, he got, he got hit around bad in Texas. So, yeah, I mean, that rotation is suspect to say the least. So the reason why I kind of paused and um and uh like had a little bit of a, a a you know just a one of these one of these uh fumbled along over my words before is because as I was talking about John Lester mad like serendipity a uh, alert came on my phone John Lester actually exited the game today with left hamstring tightness so for a pitching staff that's already struggling uh they don't they can't lose their ace so yeah. this is something that you got to be concerned about for the Cubs as well so. In a yeah, in a in a stroke of maybe the, you know the feds is watching, bro. Like I said, John Lester and I got a I got a alert and it like it shook me. I was like, whoa, what the fuck is going on? But anyway, and he was going well here, today though. too. Yeah, it was going he well was... for a little while. Two innings, three hits. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was. Hopefully, he's all right for Cubs fans. But no matter if he is all right, if he isn't all right, I would be worried in Chi Town. For sure. Uh, Nick. Your final overreaction for us, yo, Mike Clevenger for AL Cy Young. I'm not sure if that's an overre, not sure if that's an overreaction to be honest, but I'm making amends on my pick I made last week from Chris Sale after, especially the velo, you know, down tick. Uh, Change it to Mike Clevenger. He has 22 strikeouts already in the young season, uh, a .5 WHIP, which is just straight up ridiculous. That's basically allowing one guy on base. Uh, every two innings. So, yeah, he has a zero, zero ERA, hasn't allowed a run yet through, I believe, 12 innings. Um, this dude is just literally beasting. He had 12 strikeouts the first game, 10 and in five innings yesterday. So, I mean, what's there not to like aside from the fact that you mentioned at the jump of the show that he uh, missed some time? Well, not missed some time. He got pulled from his last start, which was yesterday, Sunday, with uh, lower back t- upper back tightness. So, hopefully all is well on that front. And if it is, I have no doubts that he can compete on the staff that is stacked. Like Corey Kluber won a Cy Young. Trevor Bauer's been another guy who's been lights out for him to start the season. Um, and then you have Carrasco, obviously. So, like you said also earlier, the Indians have their holes. The starting rotation is certainly not one of them. And I think Clevenger, who gets overshadowed because he is, you know, by only by roster, the four starter. Um, yeah, I think he's going to shine through this year and get in that Cy Young talk for sure by the end of the year. I mean, if you look at him pitch and if you watch him pitch, you can't help but be like, wow, this guy's special. Yeah, and he has uh, that such unique look at that long red hair. He has that that uh, that sleeve. I think he has some, like, emojis tatted him or something. He has a weird, like, tatted sleeve. So it's just like an oddball-looking dude that sticks out right away, if not by his fucking phenomenal pitching, by his appearance. Yeah, for sure. He's all legs and arms, like my grandfather used to say. <laughs> he got those long legs, long arms, man. He comes at you too. He's like he's right on top of you when he releases that ball. It's fun watching him pitch, except unless you're facing him, of course. Um, so before I get to my final overreaction, I just want to remind you guys that uh, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash veterans minimum. Please support us there. We are using the money and reinvesting it into the company to give you more shows, uh, to get better equipment, uh, to to possibly do some live stuff. We're working on some things behind the scenes. Um, so please help us out with that. For as little as $5 a month, you get extra episodes. Uh, you get uh, 
entry into any VM tournament you want. You get live on-air shout-outs. You get to ask us questions. Um, and if you give us a lot of money, we'll even follow you uh, on on social media for, from all of us. Uh, so, yes, we will do that. If you feel like giving us a whole bunch of money, that would be great. But if not, there's still a whole mess of extras for those of you who don't feel like giving us a lot of money, only a little bit of money. We appreciate anything you can get. So thank you to the patrons who are here now and to the future patrons uh, who donate to us uh, in the meantime. But before that, before also, we finish, go, go ahead. Access to the Discord, which is huge. You get to talk to us and the rest of the fans. You know, that's one of the, I think, my favorite perk of the Patreon. You know, just being able to directly connect with all, pretty much all you guys. Can't forget about the Patreon. The Patreon has become a tiny the little family. The Discord, bro. The Discord. What did I say? The Patreon. Oh, sorry. But the, but the Discord, yes. The Discord has become like our 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 little family, man. Like I know, like one of the one of the girls, like she uh, she lost her job and she was she's and she was like really down about it. And I and you know I hit her up. I felt legitimately bad. Like I felt like yo, I, this is a person that I feel like I know and that like I'm like I'm invested in her well being. So right. like I felt bad for like gave her some, you know, I tried to give her some well wishes and I, I hope she's doing well out there. I'm not going to blow her up or anything, but, you know, it's things like that, little things like that where you, you automatically you, you meet these people and and you connect with them. And it's, it's really cool. So shout out to the Patreon, shout out to the groups out there. Um, but for my final overreaction, I hope uh, it's super spicy, bro. We need a super hot one. I'm going to give you some Spanish spice. <laughs> Pete Alonso is the NL Rookie of the Year. Shut it down right now, and he might even compete for MVP. And I'm gonna tell you why. Ooh, look, I knew he was good, but I didn't know he was this good. So far this season, 382 average, three home runs, six doubles, 11 RBIs, and an OPS of 1.56. That's bondish, people. He has 28 total bases and just 34 at bats. He has not yet shown a weakness at the plate. Like I was saying before, the other day he took a low and away slider to center field. We've seen him go out to center. We've seen him pull it. This guy has an uncanny ability to keep his bat level. He has a tremendous power behind his swing, and he finds a way to get the barrel of the bat on the ball. And look, haters will say that he hasn't seen real pitching yet. It's only his first two weeks. Well, he's already faced Max Scherzer, Pat Corbin, and Steven Strasburg twice. Haters will say pitchers will adjust. Well, he had two homers and two doubles when the Mets played the Nats a second time. All right, they had this, you already see a little bit of a preview of what could happen even when someone game plans against him. He has powers to all fields. Last season in the minors, he batted 285 with 31 home runs and 119 RBIs. He has been doing this his entire career. He's only been pro for three seasons, and he has 68 professional home runs and 241 runs batted in during that time. He has superstar written all over him. The way he swings a bat is gorgeous. His attitude is just one of the better attitudes that you've ever seen. He reminds me, and I don't want to jinx it, a lot of David Wright as he was coming up a natural leader, a natural team guy, just a good overall citizen and can mash the fucking thing. Pete Alonzo, NL Rookie of the Year. I'm going to be a hater. Oh, motherfucker. Because <laughs> you, were, you were describing a hater. I'm like, yeah, that's me right now. Like, yo, he, <laughs> he did crush the Nationals bullpen. So 
We've seen early on the Nationals bullpen is pretty friggin' basura, to say the least. Yo, the Mets feasted on the Nationals bullpen for, Yo, six, for six games. Trevor Rosenthal has an infinity ERA. He's made several appearances already this year. Hasn't gotten anyone out. Has given up like eight or nine runs. <laughs> yes, yesterday he walked, uh, he hit someone and then walked someone and got yanked. Yo, that is, if, like. I feel Craig, bad for that dude, man. If he was, Craig uh, Kimbrough resi- uh, is a free agent any longer than, like, today, the Nationals are just digging their own grave. There's so much bullpen bullshit going on in the, in the NL particularly right now, like. Why not give Kimbrel a look? And I Tim, don't get it. We spotlighted that when I when I picked the Nats and you said they weren't going to be good. I said my only question was getting it to Doolittle, and that was your biggest concern. And it, it like it couldn't have hit the nail more on the head. Like that is shown its ugly head in the first two weeks. Yeah, for sure. A lot of bullpen issues, but you know that's baseball. That's our show for you guys this week. Uh, yeah, join us next time, and we'll have even more of this stuff. You know, it's always me and Boss out here. We'll have some guests on every once in a while. Um, I know my brother Michael has been itching to get on here. Uh, he's the host of the Brodo Dugout, um, which is the fantasy, uh, the fantasy baseball portion of the Brodo Fantasy Podcast. So if you check him out, uh, he's going to be on here. He knows his shit. Uh, he's, he can't wait to talk. And I just want to leave you guys with this. This is a little bit – it has to do with baseball, but it's a little bit just like um, – I don't know, uh, a life thing. Oh, God. So, <laughs> so look, Robinson Cano has played for the Mariners for the last two years, and Tony Sipp has been a Houston Astro. And they have faced each other more than 30 times in the NL West over the past four years. The and AL West, the AL West. AL West, excuse me. And this year, they're, they both find themselves on the East Coast they both find themselves playing for new teams in new situations, in new cities. But right from game one, guess who it was? It was Robinson Cano versus Tony Sipp. And I just thought that it was very it was just very meaningful to me because life can change. Life comes at you fast. Um, but don't forget who you are and don't forget what you're doing. And don't forget because no matter where you go, no matter what you do, sometime fate finds you. And fate has connected Robinson Cano and Tony Sipp, which as a Met fan, I'm very happy for because Robinson Cano owns Tony Sipp. And with that, I will bid you adieu. Boss, where can they find you? That is very legendary. Uh, <laughs> at NDeVito27 on Twitter and the gram. I hope legendary in a good way. Uh, at Sipp <laughs> That is just something else. Like, I don't know what made you think of that or like what made it so sentimental to you? Like, it was just, it, it stood out to me, bro. I don't know. I don't know. It just stood out to me. Uh, you know what it is, man? Look, I got, if you follow me on Twitter, I'm about to tell you at Tim Patrab on all social media outlets, but only feeling real, real, real frisky. I have this kale growing in my backyard garden, right? And I, it's growing and we didn't take care of it properly because it was our first time growing kale. And kale's really, like, inexpensive at the supermarket. It's like $1.99 per a bunch. So we didn't really give it um, enough love. But there was this one – and everything died in the garden except these two kale plants. And they died – they kind of died, but then they sprung back to life. And now that, the, that it's spring again, they're, like, growing and thriving. And they're giant kale plants. And it just made me think, like, damn, this, this, is, this is like a metaphor for life right here. I feel like I should be shedding a tear right now. Like, what? <laughs> what? Or, you, or you I have made zombie that sound kill. way too depressing. Like, you're like, 
everything died except one. <laughs> but yo, but it shows you like only so strong survive. You know what I'm saying, bro? That's why we you, out here. Do you feel guilty for killing them off? Nah, nah. <laughs> I don't. We we put we we got a lot of life in that garden. My specialty is eggplants, bro. I could I could fucking grow an eggplant oh, with the best of them. That's the uh, good stuff. Hashtag. Uh, not what you think you not what you think you heard. <laughs> uh, so at, at oh, oh oh also follow us at Veterans Minimum everywhere every single place where you could find it Instagram Twitter Facebook YouTube all that good stuff. Um, what else? What else can we plug? Patreon.com/slash uh, yes. Veterans Minimum, like we said earlier. Yes, we are the plug. Plug us in. Until next time, for Nick, I'm Tim. See ya. Nobody builds five G. Like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.